Good morning. It's 11 minutes before 7 o'clock. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, April 6th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Sitka is heading into a second week at moderate risk level for the coronavirus. Public health officials reported four new cases since last Thursday. The first was a woman in her 70s who contracted the virus through community spread. A woman in her 20s and a girl between 10 and 19 also tested positive, as did a man aged 60 to 69. These latter three cases all contracted the virus during travel. According to Sitka's coronavirus dashboard, five of the 11 cases reported since the school district's spring break have been travel-related. According to information posted on the school district website, none of the recent cases can be connected to a specific district building. The alert level in Sitka's schools, however, also remains at medium. Mount Edgecombe High School is also at medium. Students must remain on campus and deliveries are restricted. The recent cases put Sitka's cumulative total count at 345. Only five cases are considered active. Out of an eligible adult population of 7,000 Sitka residents, just over 4,000 are fully vaccinated, and another 500 are partially vaccinated. Both Search and Harry Race Pharmacy continue to hold vaccine clinics for anyone age 16 and over. The single-dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine has been available at the Harry Race clinics. You can learn more about how to get vaccinated in Sitka by visiting the COVID Information Hub at kcaw.org. OBI Seafoods will not process salmon at its cannery in Excursion Inlet this summer. The Haynes Borough is preparing for a dramatic reduction in raw fish tax revenue as a result. OBI Seafoods will continue to buy salmon from local fishermen for its plant in Petersburg. KHNS's Henry Leisha reports. Last year, weak salmon returns and the pandemic led to a quiet summer at the Excursion Inlet plant. This year, they won't be processing salmon at all. OBI Seafood's public affairs manager, Julianne Curry, says the decision was made based on forecasted salmon returns for this summer. The company took a really careful look at the state of Alaska salmon run predictions for the 2021 season. And we made the really difficult decision to um, shut down salmon buying at our XIP, our excursion inlet facility this year. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game has forecast a return of 28 million pink salmon to southeast Alaska. That's a little bit lower than the 10-year average, but better than the most recent years. Salmon runs for other species are forecasted to be below average, particularly the hatchery chum targeted by many Lynn Canal gillnetters. Curry says OBI Seafoods will still be purchasing salmon for their plant in Petersburg while the Excursion Inlet facility is not operating. Our fishermen um, who have long-term ties to this facility and the people there really aren't going to notice much, if anything, in terms of service interruptions. Um, So Petersburg can handle uh, all of the deliveries that people are looking to make when it comes to the summer salmon season this year. We're planning on still having an incredibly high level of tender support, and we've got some first-rate tenders. The Excursion Inlet Cannery has provided a source of tax revenue for the Haynesboro for years. Raw fish taxes in Haynes have averaged $231,000 each year over the past five years. With the suspension of salmon processing this summer, Haynesboro manager Aleka Fullerton expects only about $35,000 worth of raw fish tax revenue for the next fiscal year. 
Curry says the suspension of salmon processing in Excursion Inlet is not a permanent decision. The company will reevaluate at the end of the 2021 season. In Haines, I'm Henry Leisha. After being upended by blizzard conditions, the Kobuk 440 sled dog race is back on track after mushers regrouped, rerouted, and restarted the race in Ambler. For KOTZ, Barrett Wilbur has more. Whiteout conditions had two mushers requesting outside assistance through their trackers. Three village search and rescue teams, as well as the Racing Association's trail crew, were deployed to guide mushers into checkpoints. Many were pinned down by the weather for hours, unable to find each other, and unsure if they were on the trail at all. Tony Browning has raced the Kobuk 440 14 times and made the decision to turn around and return to the Ambler checkpoint because he said he didn't want to choose between the race or his life. We're all surviving. I think we all had an interesting night last night. Obviously, the fear factor was just, I mean, you were dialed in, just trying to go tripod to tripod, just trying to stay on the trail. It was blowing hard, you know. If if you uh, had an item in your sled or even your sled get away from you, you weren't going to see it again. Robin Gage, a member of the trail crew who helped guide disoriented mushers safely into Shungnak, painted a picture of the weather that was harrowing. I don't know how to describe it for somebody who's never been in a blizzard, but just standing in a wind tunnel and just incessant, it just didn't let up. You were surrounded by it. And so at some at some point, you just kind of got almost numb to it because you can't, I don't know if you got used to it, but you just, it's there. It's all around you. You, you can't do anything about it, uh, but it just made everything much more difficult, even talking. It was hard to even hear a snow machine running. Turn the key and it's like, is it running? You had to look at the headlights. After all the mushers had either arrived safely, returned to Ambler, or were far enough behind that they weren't at risk, race officials decided it was best to pause, let the dogs rest, and figure out a new strategy. They didn't want anyone venturing back out toward the last two checkpoints, Shungnak and Kobuk, or onto the planned return route, race president Paul Hansen said. The original route was over to Selawick. The weather forecast for that route was high winds and blowing snow, and that's all open tundra, and this was determined not to be safe. Ed Eaton, the trail marshal, assembled mushers for a meeting in Ambler late on Sunday to let them know how the rest of the race would go. To keep the field together and avoid putting people, dogs, or rescue crews at risk, mushers would head back toward Kotzebue by way of Kayana and Norvik. They restarted at 2 a.m. Monday morning under a clear, starry sky. Each musher will have to take eight hours of rest between the two remaining checkpoints. While there have been weather holds in the Kobuk 440 before, there's never been a full-scale reroute mid-race. Veteran Jeff King, who was withdrawn from the race, leaving his team and returning to a checkpoint by snow machine for frostbite treatment, said it was a standout. I was so thrilled with my team. But, uh, geez, even the start was like as monumental a weather challenge as I've had in 40 years. The weather isn't the only difficulty ahead. Race officials will have to do some complex calculations at the finish line to figure out who wins, no matter who arrives first, since the mushers have now traveled different distances depending on how far they made it before being recalled to Ambler. For example, Ryan Reddington struggled through the whiteout conditions and made it all the way around the originally planned loop without assistance. Nick Petit completed the loop but was disqualified from the race for requesting assistance through his tracker. Like Tony Browning, racer Hugh Neff left Ambler but turned back after struggling through the wind became too much. 
Other mushers got caught and pinned down in the storm, including Jeff King, whose team started slipping and sliding on glare ice as they faced into the wind. It just got worse and worse and worse. Sam Brewer and Gunnar Johnson had to hunker down for hours, but managed to make it to Shungnak before being told to turn around to make it to the Ambler restart. Mushers Kevin Hansen, Dempsey Woods, and DJ Starr never left the checkpoint once race officials told them to stay put. Philip Hankey and Reese Madden hadn't yet reached Ambler by the time of the restart. But there's no question that even before it's finished, the Kobuk 440 has lived up to its reputation. As race marshal Ed Eaton put it, They call it the toughest race above the Arctic Circle, and so you got to reinforce that now and Race President Paul Hansen said mushers are now expected into Kotzebue in the early hours on Tuesday morning around 6.30 a.m. From Ambler, I'm Barrett Wilbur. Some Juneau Elementary School students returned to a nearly normal school schedule starting on Monday, April 5th. Most schools are just finishing a full week of distance learning as a precaution after spring break travel. So it came as a surprise to some parents when the Juneau School District announced on Thursday that it plans to have elementary students attend in-person classes for four full, excuse me, for full four days a week. Most students most started the new schedule April 5th, with a few other classes and schools starting on April 12th. Wednesday will continue to be an independent learning day. For Sanjay Piare, it's welcome news. He says his kids have been tapped out on remote learning for a full year of distance learning. He has a daughter at Saik Gastineau Community School. It's going to be a lot more effective for the teacher and for the teacher to go back and ask questions and zero in on students and whatnot, how much they're picking up. PRA also says it'll give his kids more of an opportunity to have a social life. Just being able to goof off and be kids in a normal normal environment is a healthy thing. Superintendent Bridget Weiss says the decision is an important step towards students' academic, social, and emotional recovery. She says that the district will be flexible as families adjust to the change in the next few weeks. Distance learning will still be available for families who have decided not to return to in-person classes. Kristen Bartlett with the school district says the minimal risk level in the community and recently updated guidelines from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention contributed to the decision. The district is going by the CDC's recently updated guidelines to keep students at least three feet distanced instead of six feet throughout most of the day. Mitigation measures such as masking will continue to be implemented. And that's all for Raven News. Taking a quick look at our weather. Right now it is currently 36 degrees with light rain. Today in Sitka, we can expect scattered rain and snow showers, cloudy with a low around 34, southwest wind around 10 miles per hour, chance of precipitation is 50%. This is Morning Edition on Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. The time is just about one minute after 7 a.m. and we'll be headed back to NPR.